Welcome to Preaching and Preachers, a weekly podcast devoted to those who preach and to the task of preaching itself. I'm your host, Jason Allen, president of Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Today, I want to welcome my friend, Dr. Don Whitney, to the podcast. Don serves as professor of biblical spirituality and associate dean of the School of Theology at Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. He's the author of many books, including Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life and Family Worship. Dr. Whitney, welcome to Preaching and Preachers. Thank you very much, Mr. President. It's great to be here. Uh, you're so kind. It's fun to be in the studio today. We are uh, here in the Spurgeon Library recording this podcast in the studio, and it's in the context of the Spurgeon Library Conference, which is really more of an academic conference held every spring. And I'm looking right now as I speak out into the Spurgeon Library and folks milling around here and enjoying the conference. A, a fantastic one-day conference every spring that we host here in the Spurgeon Library. And Don, you're here to speak for it, and you spoke once earlier today, and we'll speak again here a little later this afternoon. But you and I, in the meantime, get to be in the studio and to talk about cultivating godliness in the local church, and a topic that is not just a an interesting topic, but also a, a needed topic, and a topic that's very much in your wheelhouse, given your public ministry over the years, your local church ministry, and of course your writing ministry and speaking ministry, where you've engaged this topic so much on so many occasions over the years. So having said that, again, welcome. That's good to be with you. And before we get into that topic today, give us just a word of update on, on you and uh, your ministry, and perhaps anything our listeners would, would appreciate knowing. I'm not sure how much uh, is new since I was on last. Our daughter? Just had our fourth grandchild. That's so, important. Yeah, it very much is. Larlin, uh, she had Speak for the Unborn, pro-life ministry. She's a doula. I didn't know, even know what a doula was until she became one. And uh, she's a year into mid midwifery certification. So she's going forward with that. And Kathy has spent the last three months right here, this location here in Kansas City, uh, working on the portraits, new portraits of a young and old Spurgeon, life-size portraits, to hang outside either side of the entryway of this very facility. That's right. So, and uh, as you know, but we'll be actually unveiling those here shortly. And so uh, your wife is very gifted, very sweet. She is. And uh, we are thrilled that she's used her gifting here on a number of projects, including this current one. So we're talking today about cultivating godliness within within the local church. And uh, the listeners tend to be pastors, elders, associate staff members, and seminary students to this podcast. So give us a word about the why. Why should pastors, local church ministers, give attention to, give focus on seeing their people grow in godliness? Peter says that ministers are to be examples to the flock. And so the spiritual temperature, the spirituality of the church will never rise above that of its leadership. And they will not know what holiness looks like without seeing it in the leadership. They will not have examples of holiness as a flock if the under shepherd is not leading. So they are to give flesh and blood examples of what the Christ-like life looks like. And without that in their own lives, no matter what their skill set may be, they're undercutting their ministry if they prove to be ungodly, if they prove to be hypocritical, if they prove to be spiritually tepid. They just will not produce godly Christ-like church members if they themselves aren't examples to the flock of Christ-likeness. So when we think of leadership, we often talk about leadership being a trickle-down phenomenon. It's true in the marketplace. It's true in an institution. It's true in a local church. And if you have a pastor who is carnal, spiritually cold, wayward, you know, over time, that will show up in the, 
lives of people there to whom he's supposed to be ministering. Yeah, in a short time. Yeah, he yeah. will not attract godly people, and he will tolerate ungodliness more in the church. And in a sense, he will cultivate ungodliness. They're not going to, the church is not going to rise spiritually above that of its leadership. And conversely, if the pastor is given to prayer over time, the church likely will become more prayerful. If the pastor is given to the Great Commission, over time the church will probably become more devoted to the Great Commission. If the pastor is devoted to Scripture and the preaching and teaching of the Word, over time the church will come to expect that and to demonstrate that. So in other words, the, the stakes are high. The stakes are very high. Give us you know, a brief word about the pastor himself cultivating the spiritual disciplines and practicing the spiritual disciplines. And then uh, you know we can draw a line. You can help us draw lines from that personal practice to the people as a whole. First Timothy four sixteen says, "Pay attention." One minister says to another. Paul says to Timothy, "Pay attention to your life, your piety, and doctrine." So he's telling Timothy, "You've got to cultivate both head and heart, heat and light, spirit and truth, piety and theology." And we all tend to lean a little more one way or the other, but a minister needs to be an example of both as much as possible. Jesus said of John the Baptist, he was a burning and shining light, so heat and light. So you've got to cultivate that in your own life because we're just out of obedience to Christ's command. How could you not pursue that if you're indwelled by the Holy Spirit for reasons of being an example of the flock as we've already seen? So cultivation of the spiritual disciplines inside the minister's life is a lifelong responsibility. And, and especially you fight against two big struggles. One is the, the familiarity of the ministerial life. You read the Bible a lot for your job. You study the Bible. You're in prayer meetings a lot. There's a tendency to let the spiritual discipline slide in your own life. The more you've been in ministry, the easier it is to think, I know this just by my experience, I'm gaining a lot of the same things other Christians need in their devotional life. So there's a lifelong struggle not to let that happen. But there's a, a, a like gravity, there's a pull downward against the practices of the spiritual disciplines. So we have to cultivate an uh, opposition to that. And there's the, the work of the world, the flesh, and the devil that are constant opponents to our own piety. And I think Satan makes ministers a bigger target than other people. If he can bring you down, it has more impact than the guy who comes once a month and sits on the back pew. The two can do the very same sin, but it's going to be far more notorious, have far more impact on the church. So Satan is not stupid. He's going to attract, he's going to tempt harder, he's going to work harder those who lead the armies of God against him. So you put all that together, the familiarity, the world, the flesh, and the devil, and ministers have to work hard to cultivate their own spiritual walk, their own spiritual life. And they have to cultivate it within the church because the church faces the same world, flesh, and the devil. And to be a Christian is to live constantly against the, the flow of the current in the world. So promoting holiness, Christ-likeness, is uh, one of the chief responsibilities of a minister of the gospel. Of course, one of the main ways they do this is through preaching. What would you say to the pastor listening who's thinking, I resonate with you, Dr. Whitney, but I am so busy. Yeah. How can I think of doing one more thing? Yeah. What would you say to that person? Well, 
I do resonate with that very much so. And I have pastored about 24 years altogether, 15 years one particular church in the Chicago area. So I'm, I'm not just an ivory tower uh, professor somewhere. But Jason, I have written nine books on spirituality. I've spoken in literally hundreds of churches. I have lectured in the classroom on these issues hundreds of times, taught literally thousands of students, and it's never been harder in my life to maintain my devotional life than it is right now. And in part because I'm going all over the place teaching other people to maintain their devotional life. Life gets busier. And so I understand that, but it's just a foundation that I build from. That's something that's one of the big rocks that you have to put into your life and let the other things go around it because you never have time for a devotional life. I didn't when I was younger. I don't know. You have to make the time. It has to be priority. And the older you get, especially in ministry, the more your children grow, the more your church grows, perhaps you have staff to oversee, or maybe you don't. But nevertheless, life gets busier for all of us every year. None of us gets fewer emails this year than last year. None of us gets fewer text messages this year than last year. None of us have fewer social media contacts probably than last year, unless you've dropped out completely. And it's going to be that way every year for the rest of your miserable life. You know, more and more texts, more and more emails. And so foundationally, you get to start with these things of the spiritual disciplines because these are the God-given means by which we experience God his presence, and his power. So other things have to be built on top of that. It's similar to when I was a pastor, and preaching was the one thing I was called to do. Nobody else in the church was. It was the one thing I was set apart to do. So that was everybody in the church is supposed to evangelize, supposed to love one another. So I gave priority to preaching and let the other things fall out around that because if I wasn't doing my job as a preacher, then, then I, I was failing. Equal to that was my personal devotion life because I knew without that it would undermine my preaching and everything else in my ministry. So that meant if I had to be up all night Saturday night to do it, I, I had to do that. I had to do that. And other things had to settle around that. So as life gets busy, this is just all the other busyness comes after these things. Help, especially for pastors who are struggling with not just the time dynamics you just spoke to so helpfully, but they struggle with a, a keen awareness of their own sin. And mm-hmm. I don't by that mean sin that, that's clearly disqualifying or even potentially disqualifying, but just the, the basic kind of, you know, what we might refer to uh, or is referred to as acceptable sins. Mm-hmm. But they have a, a tender conscience, a, a keener sense of it. And perhaps that leads them at times to, to leading something of a, of a defeated life, spiritually, yeah. emotionally. What would you say to that person? I think that's normal and healthy. I think that's exceptionally good for a minister that they are sensitive to uh, to holy things because too often ministry your your soul tends to get anesthetized to the holy things of God, like Old Testament priests who sacrificed the sacrifices all day long, and that became their job, and they lost their sense of holiness to what they were actually doing, and that that can happen for us. And so to be sensitive to sin, you know, that's that's always a good thing. But the, as a double-edged sword, the, the other side of it is you it just magnifies your sense of unworthiness, your sense of failure. And as Luther made popular and then Jerry Bridges and others, we need to preach the gospel to ourselves every day. I need the law every day. I need the gospel every day. I need the law to tell me that's sin. You know, that lustful thought, that that was sin. And other times I need the message I need that day is he has forgiven every sin. 
through the blood of Christ. So I, I think it's a good thing that we struggle. I think it is normal for godly Christians. The more you come to the light of, of Christ, the more you're aware of darkness in your own life. So it's a healthy thing. That's a good thing that we need to address biblically and with the gospel. But the awareness of sin in a minister's life, there's, there's a positive side of that. I want to spend the, our remaining minutes talking about how pastors can cultivate godliness within their congregation. We've said, of course, it starts with his own inner life. But give us some, some words of instruction. How can a pastor engender, foster, nurture godliness within the lives of those to whom he's been given charge of? Well, there's no real secrets here. I mean, it starts, always starts with preaching, as we said just the exposition of the whole counsel of God so that they understand these things are in the Bible. Here's where they are. Here's what they mean. Here's what you do. Second is just the disciple making this to be the job of a of a minister, but because of our busyness often is not, but to disciple people and to talk about the spiritual disciplines with people. How's your time in the Word going? How do you Do you ever meditate on Scripture or do you merely read? Do you know how to pray the Bible? So there's the large group, the preaching, the smaller group, or one-on-one disciple-making. But we just make a point of emphasizing the, the spiritual disciplines. And then, of course, the, the teaching role where you as a pastor teach, maybe on a Wednesday night series or a Sunday school class. And then as the primary as the pastor teacher in a church, making sure that the curriculum overall in your church, maybe you don't teach it personally, but you see that the spiritual disciplines are being taught. The practical side of godliness is actually being taught because you can't expect people to do what they've never been taught to do. Now, I'm going to tee you up here to uh, answer a question that uh, your publisher will appreciate. You've written many resources along these lines. Give us a sense of, of all your books, the, the maybe one or two or three that you would most encourage our listeners towards as far as for their lives personally, and then as resources for church members. Well, foundationally would be my first book, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. This is a, a survey of the biblical spiritual disciplines, personal spiritual disciplines. Have another book called Spiritual Disciplines Within the Church about those things we do with other Christians that promote our own godliness and and growth in grace. But spiritual disciplines for the Christian life. And a spinoff from that would be praying the Bible. More and more, I think the main reason God put me on this planet is to teach people how to pray the Bible. And I see more fruit from that than anything else I do. And that's something anyone can do. The person who's never been in church until they're converted, never had a verse in the Bible until their conversion, and they're still a brand new Christian. They can learn how to pray the Bible. So uh, those would be fundamental. And then within the church, a little book called How Can I Be Sure I'm a Christian on Assurance. You have one whole book of the Bible, namely 1 John, written to address this subject. You can be sure it's a common problem. I think it's normal and healthy for every Christian to doubt their salvation every once in a while. And so this addresses that. And then uh, a, sort of a spiritual checkup would be my 10 questions to diagnose your spiritual health. So those together, I think, actually are pretty good curriculum. Well, Dr. Whitney, the conference is calling. As we're recording this, I'm looking at a room full of folks here. The next session starts momentarily, so we should just uh, leave it there. Hey, thank you for your friendship, and thank you especially for joining me today on Preaching and Preachers. You too, brother. It's an honor. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being with us today and for listening to Preaching and Preachers. For more information, go to my website, jasonkallen.com. That's jasonkallen.com.